G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Today we're catching up with my good buddy Jason Perkins. He's been pastoring in the US for a number of years and he's also got uh, a great network called the Irresistible Church Network that he oversees, uh, part of the Australian arm of that, uh, connected with Andy Stanley from North Point Church in the US. He's also uh, connected to a great ministry called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality with Pete Scazzaro. We're going to hear a bit of his story today. Welcome along, Jason. Thanks for joining us, mate. Tell us a bit of your background. Where were you born and raised? Matt, thanks so much for having me on the show. First of all, I'm, I'm honoured that uh, you'd request a conversation, so thanks for that. I was, I was born in Adelaide and uh, grew up there not very long, was there a short period of time, was really raised in Sydney where I went to all my school years and university and so on, yeah. Okay, and did you have much of a religious upbringing at all? I did. I actually grew up in a, in a family uh, that were Christians, but also my dad was a pastor. Um, so, yeah, had that kind of upbringing where expected to be in church more than once a week, that's for sure. So, <laughs> what, what kind of churches was your dad pastoring in? My dad was a Baptist pastor and has been his whole life. Uh-huh. Um, so they were tended to be kind of smaller congregations um, in different cities in Australia. But yeah, that was my tradition, fairly mm. traditional church upbringing. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Bible says repent and be Baptist, you know, so you did that, you know, yeah, at a young that's age. That's right. good. <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. and tell us a bit about your, uh, your faith journey. Like, were you always a believer or did you do the prodigal son thing as a teenager? Was there a moment when you go, yep, that's when I was born again, or was it just a gradual thing? Yeah, for me, Matt, it was really at a young age that I put my trust in Christ. It was through a school teacher, actually, around Easter time. Um, a teacher at school told us the Easter story, and then I accepted what Christ had done for me on the cross in that moment. But I, I did have kind of that teenage pastor kid story where I didn't really follow Jesus um, on a daily basis. And it wasn't until I was in university that I had a an experience for me that was transformative. I had really kind of lost everything in life. Uh, my last year of university, lost some relationships and jobs and just kind of hit rock bottom in a sense and just realized that, hey, this following Jesus thing wasn't just a decision you make, but it was actually a, a daily relationship thing. And so began to follow Jesus in a more daily format than I had in the in my previous years growing up. Yeah, so for me it was about age 22 that I started following Christ every day, yeah. Awesome, mate. And tell us a bit about your career. Like what, what were you studying? What kind of work were you doing back in those days? Yeah, so I, I studied physical education as a, in university and I was a PE teacher for a short period of time. But I had um, in university done an outdoor education kind of emphasis and so I got involved in Christian camps and conferences for a long time with an organization called Word of Life, which has camps and conference centers in like 80 plus countries around the world. So quite a large organization and ended up actually working for them at their headquarters in New York uh, over in the U.S. for a number of years. Got involved in a little bit of business development as well um, with some businesses over in the States while I was there. 
Um, but then the Lord led us uh, to actually pastoring a church in the U.S. for a while. We were living in Austin, Texas, and helping out with a church plant there. And then the Lord led us to Colorado Springs, where we pastored Red Rock Church, which is now Peak City Church, um, for about five years there in Colorado before moving back to Australia. Wow, mate, what a journey you've been on. And I, I remember yeah. us chatting recently, and you shared with me about an initiative where you cared for the, the homeless in your city in Colorado. Tell us a bit about how that went. Yeah, we were at, at the church I was pastoring that. We were looking to try and motivate and mobilize our congregation to love our city with no strings attached. And so we, we had a message series. We called it Cuz I Love You or COS is the abbreviation for Colorado Springs. So COS, I love you or Cuz I Love You is how we described it. And ended up coming out of that message series, a partnership with the local rescue mission in the city, uh, Springs Rescue Mission. And we just began to partner with them and, and several other churches began to see that same Cause I Love You movement happening. We had some t-shirts and hats and that sort of thing made. And then we started partnering with the rescue mission. And after about 18 months, it was really just kind of a God movement in the city. We had over 100 churches that had banded together, unified together around helping the homeless in Colorado Springs under this umbrella of Cause I Love You. And so it just it was made a huge impact. The, the Springs Rescue Mission, they were actually expanding their facilities at the time. So through donations through the churches and partnership with the city, matching some of those donation funds, and then also with volunteer help, we were able to see them complete a fairly substantial expansion project where they would begin serving more than three times the amount of homeless people they were able to serve in their original facility. So just an amazing experience to, to help solve that issue of homelessness in the city. But even bigger than that, I think it, well, I know because I, the mayor told us, Matt, that it really changed the perception from the city's point of view of Christians and the church community to being people that, that actually wanted to make a difference in their community, not just wanted everyone to start coming to their churches, but were willing to love and serve the community, again, with no strings attached. So it was just a phenomenal experience that we got to be a part of and super grateful. Mate, I love to hear these, these stories of how churches are you know, caring for the last, the least, and the lost, caring for the people that Jesus would care for. Uh, and, you know, it, it's so important that every church has, you know, some kind of outreach arm like that. Um, tell yeah. us a bit about uh, how that changed, you know, in the churches in that city. Uh, did, did a lot, like, is it still going now? Is it is it something that's a, an ongoing thing? Yeah, in fact, that Cuz I Love You movement, um, it grew so large that they, they actually have a few people on staff now, a handful of staff members that actually lead this church unity movement. Um, the, the goal of our vision was to unite and ignite the church of Colorado Springs uh, to love the community. And so that's expanded beyond just the homelessness initiatives that, they, that we worked on in the early days, but they now have one-to-one uh, -one school partnerships with churches and schools, uh, especially marginalized schools in the area that have a lot of needs. Um, and they've got a number of other initiatives that they do with the medical community now in the city as well. So it's really grown and expanded. And I think what's happened, Matt, is that churches have realized that in order to reach people, we need to endear ourselves to the community as a church. We, we need 
we need people in the community to be not just glad that the church is there, but they, they're better off that the church is there. Um, and so because of that, it opens doors and, and creates platforms to be able to share the love of Christ once you've, I guess, in a sense, established that trust relationship with people in the community. Yeah, wow. What a great testimony of the, the church being the hands and feet of Jesus uh, in this day and age. So important. And, mate, uh, let's, yeah. let's move on with a bit more of your story. You're now involved in the Irresistible Church Network back here in Australia. Yeah. What's that look yeah. like? Yeah, so it's a, it's a network of like-minded churches and like-minded leaders, Matt, that, that really are rallying around this vision that we think that every community in Australia, New Zealand, and even parts of Asia need at least a church that unchurched people love to engage with. Um, so we know that that's not necessarily going to be the story of every church, but we think every community needs at least a church that unchurched people love to engage with. So we partnered... Matt, with a, an organization in the United States called North Point Ministries, which you may be familiar, some people may be familiar with a guy named Andy Stanley. And essentially what we've done is we've contextualized a number of the resources and a number of kind of the strategies around reaching unchurched people for our context here in Australia, New Zealand, and Asia. So that's what the Irresistible Church Movement's all about. It's just churches from a variety of denominations. We've got Pentecostals, we've got Uniting Church, Lutheran, Baptist, Churches of Christ, all different denominations, but they're all rallying around this big idea of how do we create a church in our community that unchurched people would love to engage with and find irresistible, which is why we call it the Irresistible Church Network. And and what does your role look like? You You actually kind of coach pastors, is that right? Yeah, there's a number of things that the network does to support these churches that are part of the tribe, um, part of the network. Uh, coaching is definitely a part of that. And so we do coaching not just for the lead pastor, but we do coaching for what we would refer to as kind of ministry area coordinators. So whether it's children's ministry or groups ministry, or maybe it's an outreach ministry, or even even kind of the stuff that people oftentimes don't find that exciting about churches, those operational things like budgeting and HR issues and compliance and so on. We have coaches in all of those different ministry areas. Um, one of the big areas that, as you can imagine, with COVID and so on as an area for coaching is this whole kind of hybrid church where how do you create experiences for people both in person and online um, that are you know attractive and are irresistible to an unchurched person. So we do coaching in all those different ministry areas, including the lead pastor. That's for people that are staff members, but oftentimes it's also just high-capacity volunteers that are leading a ministry in the church. So that's what the coaching looks like. We also provide a lot of resources, content for churches to use from kids' ministry curriculum right through to digital resources and so on. And then there's just the connection that we create with like-minded leaders. So a lot of group calls, a lot of catching up with other leaders that are trying to do the same thing in their community. And then the last thing, Matt, that we provide is care for leaders. So we, we're really convinced that the healthy leader is going to be reflected in the health of the organization. And so we, we want leaders to stay healthy. And we partner with a number of great organizations to help do that as well. You may be familiar with emotionally healthy spirituality or emotionally healthy leadership. Um, we provide those resources as well to our network. So, yeah, just a bunch of resources to come alongside church leaders as they lead their churches. 
Mate, I'm 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 tempted. It sounds irresistible. Uh, it's, <laughs> well, it's it's the irresistible church network. And and when you and I had a coffee recently, uh, I was referred to you to catch up because of the irresistible church network. And I remember us chatting away, and me saying, "Oh, I've just read this great book called Emotionally Healthy Leadership, and it's really changed my life." And this guy named Pete Scazzera, and you and you're like, "Yeah, I know him. Yeah, I work with him." I'm like, "I'm like what?" <laughs> like it was yeah. a total God moment where I'm like, "Oh, I think God wanted us to connect." And and I really want you to just unpack uh, a little bit about what is emotionally healthy spirituality, because for me. It's been a game changer as a pastor. I've been pastoring for 17 years now, you know, and you could you could just be working all day long and you could just be a machine, but you've got to have time. You've got to have your Sabbath regular. You've got to have your time in God's Word. You've got to have emotionally healthy relationships and all that. Just unpack a little bit about what, what is emotionally healthy spirituality. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll do that, Matt, by just sharing a bit of my story real quick, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you a summary of what I kind of see it as. I was most of my training in ministry was around the idea. The way I describe it is this, that most of my life and leadership was focused on harvesting the forest of my external life. But nobody had really taught me how to tend to the garden of my inner life. So yes, you could grow an organization or build a church or start a ministry or program this or preach this, which is all very external but I hadn't really taken the time to learn how to tend to the garden of my inner life. And so the way I would describe it is my transformation has been far more focused on being with Jesus than just doing for Jesus. Uh, The first 20 years of my ministry, I would say, was primarily focused on what I could be doing for Jesus. And it wasn't really flowing out of that deep being with Jesus. And so that's what emotionally healthy spirituality or emotionally healthy leadership is all about. It's about cultivating a deep inner life with Christ and allowing everything that we do for Jesus to flow out of our being with Jesus. Um, I think for many leaders, myself included, we sometimes get those things out of balance. Our, Our being with Jesus is not really sustainable for what we're doing for Jesus. And so it's about how do we just get that back into balance to where everything we're doing for him is flowing out of our being with him. It's really what the ancients would have referred to as what Jesus referred to as abiding in him. He said, you know, if you remain in me and I remain in you, I will bear much fruit. You'll notice there that the fruit came after the being with him, after the abiding, not the other way around. And so that's that's what a summary kind of emotionally healthy leader looks like is it's a doing for Jesus that flows out of your being with him. Yeah, so good, mate. And, and, you know, I've been on that journey for the last six months. I had six weeks long service leave and read through emotionally healthy leadership, emotionally healthy discipleship and emotionally healthy spirituality, three of the key books. And uh, we're yeah. actually looking at doing that emotionally healthy discipleship course in our church as well. Uh, I know oh, a lot of churches yeah. have adopted that. Uh, it is yep. our time's almost up, but you know it is so important to make sure that we have that balance uh, in our life. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's great to yep. do things for Jesus, but we've got to remember to be with Jesus, and and that soul care I know is a big part of your focus. Uh, now we, we, we've wet people's appetites a little bit, and we've told them a little bit about sure. what you do. But if people do want to find out more and maybe yeah. continue this conversation, um, what's the best website for them to go to for the Irresistible Churches Network? Yeah, so Irresistible Churches Network is literally the website. So irresistiblechurches.network um, is, the, is the website. 
And then for the other stuff around emotionally healthy leader and kind of the soul care stuff that I do on a personal level with churches and leaders, you can just hit me up on the socials if you like. Instagram is where I'm probably most active. It's just Jason Perko Perkins. And my website is exactly the same. It's jasonperkoperkins.com. My middle uh, Perko there is my nickname um, that everybody refers to me as. So that's how it got thrown into the website. Yeah. That's awesome, mate. And I love the American accent there, Perko. Uh, yeah, that's mate, it. We'd say Perko over here, mate, wouldn't we, eh? We would. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's good. People will remember that. Uh, it is so yeah. good to hear your story, Jason. Our time is up, and I just pray the Lord will continue to use you mightily as you're uh, coaching pastors and leaders uh, in these areas. Uh, we need guys like you on our team uh, to uh, mm. make sure that we're on the right track. And uh, it's been great to hear your testimony today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.